0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life.
1: Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream
0: big. It could be your story one day. GBC Powersports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk's hey. Corey Ellis, thank you for uh, joining ATV Talk tonight, and uh, Kane Um, we're going to talk about 2021 and go over some of The amazing things that have happened in the industry, uh, some of the racers and some of the the things that uh, you've covered, Kane. And I know that you've been a part of some pretty epic things as well, Corey, with some of the riders you sponsor. Um, I don't really have a kickoff point uh, for us because the beginning of the year was kind of a blur for me. Um, You know, but the end of the year here sure has been really, really exciting. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll start if uh, if I may. We just wrapped up our 2022 buyer's guide um, for dirt wheels, talking about all the new models. You know, luckily, we still have about 100 sport quads that are coming out. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's still no new Honda 450. Um, Yamaha is yet to actually announce their 2022 stuff. Um, hopefully, that'll be any day now. Um, but there's still a ton of youth quads that are being made and sold, which is great. A lot of sport four by fours, some really big bore sport four by fours that are incredible to ride on the trails or even in the dunes. I took a couple big four by fours out in the dunes this weekend and rode them just to, to ride with my son on his Raptor 250 And, um, they they're a blast to ride in the Santa too. So there's still plenty of ATVs, sport ATVs to buy. So uh um that's good news for sure. Um it'll definitely be better news if we can get Honda to start producing something or uh Yamaha to keep the 450 around and the Raptor around. We'll just keep our fingers crossed on those.
0: Well, <clears throat> do you think that the sport four by four market? is where the manufacturers want to go for the recreational consumer?
2: Well, I think, you know, for most of the country, that definitely uh, fills what they need. You know, what the rider wants, they want something that's fast. And, uh, you know, they like four-wheel drive. They like the IRS because their, their trails are rough and lots of routes and things like that, and the IRS is really comfortable. Whereas a sport quad is, it's kind of rough to to ride on rough trails unless you really have it tuned perfectly. Um, but of course, the the race guy still wants a straight axle and uh, you know that lighter four hundred and fifty sport quad.
0: Do you think the tire market, Corey, is uh, doing well in the four by four market?
1: Four by four market's always been. You know, twenty five inches always been really strong, whether it's a farm guy or you know, that, that utility market. Um, so that, that side's always been really good. It's hard to really see an uptick in that, um, too much cause you don't know where that's going. If it's a recreational guy or, or a farm guy, you know, um, the sport quad market for us has been growing every year, whether that be, um, we're becoming one of the stronger players in the game and take it over market share or the, sport quads are growing, you know, um, which it seems like the last, you know, since COVID um, people are definitely out using stuff and pulling stuff out of the garage and riding stuff more. So I think that might have something to do with it as well. As um, far as on the, you know, the Yamaha side stuff, I'm actually at a Yamaha event right now. And uh, one of the guys told me today that they, you know, they are going to have for, in the for, for the foreseeable future still have sport quads. So you'll probably see that launch coming pretty soon, I would say on that. And um, and they also said that on the uh, 450 side, they're going to increase production next year. So, Great. Great. so you'll see see more of them in the dealers, which I know a lot of people are waiting. I had a buddy that waited three months you know, for his to come in when he ordered it from his dealer. So hopefully it'll have some on the floor when people want to go buy them, then go buy them next year. So that, that's a good thing.
0: I heard through the grapevine that Weenan had a two year deal. So, and we'll talk about him at some point in the show as well. But that's a good thing. I don't know. I haven't heard much about Walker, Fowler's deal or anything like that. Um, but it, as long as Yamaha is still supporting and backing some of the guys in the industry uh, that race, I think that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I believe uh, Walker either has a two year deal or might be signed a two year deal for the next,
0: the next couple seasons.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, know about Chad. I haven't talked to Chad for, for a little bit. Um, but yeah, if they're out there supporting people, you know, they're, they're going to keep producing stuff. And I think I last I heard a year or two ago, they said, I think it was like, they, unless something, you know, crazy happens, which always could happen, but I think they were like saying five, five to six years, they were still, you know, not that they were gonna stop, but they for at least in the five five years, it was a year or two ago that they were gonna be, be producing stuff. So I and definitely a couple more years of production, as long as nothing goes too haywire in the economy and you know, people you know don't completely stop buying stuff. So, so at least got Yamaha's for a few more years, if not longer, just depending on how everything goes.
0: You know, that development of that Yamaha 450 platform is. It, well, along with the Raptor seven hundred, the way they have it, that, that those are both great machines. Oh, they're
1: they're awesome machines. You know, um, I was lucky enough to go to the original. Um, I was probably one of the first people, uh, besides a Yamaha employee, to ride a Raptor seven hundred. Um, back in the day, Quad Magazine, I think, got one of the very first ones, and they shot for the cover. And I was I was on it. I got to go out to Gorman to ride it. You know, so. Thing, ever since nothing came out, and I wrote I it, it's an awesome machine. Like for the dunes and everything, it's it you can't beat it. I mean, I love my 450 a ton, but that Raptor, like out if you're just out play riding, it's it's a great, great machine. It's so comfortable to ride, it has so much torque. It's it's fun, it's a lot of fun.
0: Do you think that we could ever see an open class in some of those series? Uh,
1: you know, that's a hard one. Um, as good as that machine is, the thing is get it on a closed course 450s are just lighter and nimbler um and when you get you know when you start building them and stuff they're they run awesome you know it's just they don't have the, the grunt is that 700 but they're so much more nimble i think that's the trade-off you know i mean that was kind of you know like doug doug had that banshee back in the day it, you know i lager had to build basically 250r so it handled like a 250r and that's what made that thing so so good you know but uh off the showroom floor just wasn't there you know i think that's why the open class always struggled so much it's because the bigger machines even like the quadzillas and things they're just they weren't they weren't the light nimble chassis that the 250s always had you know back in the day so i i, I don't think you can there's people might race them but i don't think it's going to be a big draw ever i think they unless the promoters
0: you promoters know, sure make it a drug draw
1: yeah i mean but they have their they have their strong points too you look at her, um the car you know, I mean, I wouldn't ride a 450 car. I'd ride a Raptor for sure. I mean, it's a way better machine for that. So, you know, if you're talking moto, you know, or even cross country, 450 is just so nimble. It, it works so much better. It's, you know, like Kane was saying, people like the, the IRS. I mean, it's, everything has its pluses, you know, pluses and negatives and everything kind of has this little niche and the open open class bike, unless it they make it more of a race bike, I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but that's what makes it so good is it's not a race bike for the average guy on the dunes or on the desert riding the 700.
0: Technically, the the YFC 450R is not supposed to be a, a race bike either because it comes with a tail light and headlights. Oh, well, we can't even buy in California. So, exactly. <laughs> you know. Kane, you've seen and shot uh, different models and, and had some stories done. Uh, what's your take on what you've seen do you think you could see an open class uh, race machine with a 700
2: uh you know probably not i i'm always the i always don't really think the organized like the race organizations should should expand too much i mean let let the classes that we already have fill up let them get 10 or 20 or 50 riders and make it a really competitive class before you start Opening a new class you know just for two or three guys you know i mean most most big series um you know you can run whatever you want in them um you know uh, other than like a m a sanction events but um no i don't i I think leave the seven hundred for um you know the recreational guy the the bigger guy, the sand dune guy and and let people ride four fifties or some hybrids in, uh, you know, in the, in the race series.
0: Speaking of hybrids, do you think that the hybrid market is going to expand if Yamaha is the only deal?
2: Uh, you know, it's been expanding again for quite a while. And, you know, probably since 09 when fuel injection was pretty common and, and then we had a new, basically new version of dirt bike engine to use and, and now with that KTM 300 two stroke that's also fuel injected that would that's going to make a really good hybrid for for some people maybe a smaller person or uh you know just a different uh different class of machines you know maybe it would fit in the youth class eventually um, that would be a great a really really great hybrid to ride
0: have you ridden that motorcycle
2: i've ridden the motorcycle yeah but but i haven't ridden it in a in a three or four wheel chassis.
0: What do you think of it as a two wheeler?
2: Uh, great. I mean, we, we call it a three stroke. I mean, it's so, it's so good. It's, you know, got tons of low end power and um, doesn't jerk, jerk the bars out of your uh, hands. Like uh, for, you know, roll high strong four stroke does. It, it's a, it's like perfect. It's really, really good.
0: Are, are you in contact with the BVC guys and have you or have do you have a desire to ride that version three wheeler?
2: You know, yeah, we do. Um, and actually, we're we're going over to Glamis this weekend to cover a race and um, hopefully test um, something from BVC, but it'll probably be a, maybe a CR five hundred powered, like a fat cat, one of those two wheeled ones with the big balloon tires, which will be cool. Um, the BBC guy says they've sold their 300 TPI three-wheeler. So unless we can get the owner to show up and let us ride it, um, we don't have plans to ride it right away. Oh.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have a friend that has one and I just have never made any time to go ride as two-wheeler. Uh, and I have to do that because I've heard so many good things and I've probably said it on the show 50 times. I just, it's just something I want to get done. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an orange fan, let's say, but uh, I, you just, you just can't knock. That machine has so many, everybody that talks about it, talks great about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen a bad one yet. I mean, even the old 300 two stroke before is fuel injected was great, but this one is another on another level for sure.
0: That's awesome. Corey, have you got to do any of the two wheeler motors like that? Have you got to to ride that machine?
1: No, I haven't got a chance to ride much of the two wheel stuff lately, or ride that. Um, you know the the hybrid stuff. If you think back, why why they started building those originally back in the two DR days, because the frames didn't hold up. You know, I mean, that's why we started all that stuff, or why they started all that, and why everybody ran it. You know, now the bikes, <laughs> chassis, like the Yamaha chassis, you, you can put five hundred hours on it, almost. You know, I mean, I. You know Logan Huff. I think his practice bike I told me other day has like three hundred some hours on it. You know, as a as a pro pro racer, I mean, stuff's built way better than it was. You know, so I don't know about how much you know for a pro racer how much is needed, but some of those classes where you know the youth the youth stuff it sucks. Those guys got to spend that much money to build a bike, but. Um, there's really not anything out there for them, you know, since uh, the Raptor 250s went away, you know, that was a really good platform for the youth riders, you know, um, now that's not there anymore. So definitely see a need for it, for the youth market, but it's just, it's too bad. They got to spend so much money to build a youth bike.
0: Yeah. It's horrible that, it, that, that they do. Uh, I just see if you took a, a 250 four stroke motor, and built just a little bit uh, a little bit smaller chassis than the 450 or just a lighter chassis there you go it's the same chassis all you do is put a 250 motor in it
1: yeah i mean really it, it, yamaha still sells a YZ125 and a YZ250 i mean i know they vibrate a little bit but they're so cheap to maintain compared to a four stroke i mean that to me seems like a better route for the race kits you know, to put a two-stroke in there.
0: That or uh, even if you put the four-stroke water-cooled motors in there, you know, that those things, yeah. uh, they don't live quite as long, but, you know, they, they live pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, two-strokes don't always have issues when you make a high-stroke. Anything is, but at least the parts are cheaper I and mean, there's not as many of them, <laughs> That's typically.
0: True. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. So l- l- let's get uh, into this topic Um Let's talk about the AMA and what happened this year with Gary Denton. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was uh, big news for uh, quad racers in general for Gary getting inducted to the uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, coincidentally, alongside some other greats, Ryan Villapoto um, on the two wheel side and some other big names. So that was huge. He was really stoked. Um, to to get that, and uh, we're we're all stoked that that he you know gave quad race quad racers a good name again, which you know within the AMA, which has always been a struggle.
0: Well, the AMA really likes Kerry because he was always um, good for the AMA and good to the AMA. Uh, he's one of the few racers that I don't think had a riff with them too much. Um, and they, and they didn't have to battle with him. Uh, I mean, we've had some guys that, that, that probably hurt us a little because they were too aggressive, um, and, and didn't realize how to talk to them. Um, uh, and the motorcycle guys are a little more sensitive than quad guys.
1: <laughs> the, the cool thing about Gary is, you know, Gary, Gary was such a great motorcycle racer before he was a quad racer. So he had that transition, you know, he, he not only could be in there for, you know bikes um but also atvs so he was a good person you know and deserved it more than any any atv guy for sure um to be that that first guy in there um but you know once you get one guy in there what's stopping from getting somebody else now you know i mean chad chad's of his main championships you know but there's other people out there too that doug you know i mean there's a lot of people that are definitely definitely could be in the ama hall of fame now but gary's the first one but you kind of kicked the door down you know i think uh i think the coombs family had a lot to do with that um they've always you know supported atv racing and uh i think they had a, lots to do with getting gary in there and but with gary being in there now that's uh, definitely a door opener for uh, for the rest of the atv
0: guys well yeah i could think of 10 guys right now right off the top of my head that should go in there um Corey, you're one of them so you have opened you've now we've opened the door okay how are we going to get the second guy in
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that's a that's a great question um you know i mean it's it's gonna i think i'm not sure the process of how how people if they lobby to get people on the ballot or how that goes about um but i think it'll happen it may not be next year may not be the year after but there's definitely people out there that should be in there for sure like you said but um, it's just a matter of uh, figuring out how to do it and make it happen.
0: Exactly. Kane, do you have any insight or any links to any of those people? I mean, beings that you work with the magazine, do they talk to you guys or give you any any feedback that way?
2: Uh, I don't, um, but I definitely could reach out and ask because uh, now would be the time to do it. So we have most of the year to petition it or you know, whatever the vetting season is. Um, but that would be great. I mean, yeah, I could, you know, I could name a handful of guys right off the bat that should be in there. Um, one comes to mind, Barry Hawk. Um, even though he did he seemed like he didn't really like ATVs when he he was on your show, when he left ATV racing, but still, um, since he did so well in motorcycles afterwards, it would be, it'd be, he'd be a good one to put in there.
0: But did the, A does the AMA, Sanction cross country,
2: yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Then, yeah. I mean, you, 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 Bill Balance, Chris Borage. Well, Chris is still racing, but Barry Hawk, you know, you could go back into some of the other old school guys. You know, what about Teddy Trey, the first guy to win on a three wheeler when they had it in um 84.
2: Sure. Yeah. Some of
1: those, uh, old timers, the, I mean, the the pioneers would be great. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, Mike Pentland, um, Tracy check, Tracy Pickens, you know, I mean, there's, there's some good people in the cross country that, um, are well-deserving as well. You know, they've been around the sport and been, been, um, ATV ambassadors their whole life, you know, and promoted ATV racing and AMA racing their whole life,
0: you know? The shame of it is in the ATV world, there's been so many great things that have happened that aren't AMA sanctioned, that there's going to be people that are going to be left out. Yeah. You know?
2: But yeah. Well, maybe we can name, uh, we could name some hall of famers, you know, give them some recognition either on your show or in the magazine. We could definitely think about doing something like that. And
0: Oh, there's, you know, I, I, I try to get everybody that, I can think of, you know, I mean, Jimmy White may never get in. Mike Coe may never get in. Marty Hart may never get in because these guys are pre the era that they would, that they would want to put them in. And maybe they don't want to put the three-wheeler guys in because that's uh, a taboo statement, you know, but we'll get into the, we'll get into more of the three-wheeler conversation in a bit, but I, I would probably say that arguably if you went with the motocross side that Timmy Farr would probably be your next guy.
2: He'd be high on the list for sure.
0: You know, and, and, you know, you really have to look into some of the cross country guys then with Barry Hawk and balance too, because balance won nine times. I mean, that's nine that, 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 that's huge.
2: Yeah. It's, it's interesting in the racing, especially in the, uh, in the cross country world that how many of those guys just dominated for you know close to three quarters of a decade you know one after another and and they they just figured something out and and uh, stuck to it and and just racked up the championships that's very just interesting for sure
0: yeah it is because it's not usual in any type of other sport that that somebody is that they're consecutively dominant You know, you have one guy that's dominant and then you have multiple champions and then another guy may be dominant. Yeah, but it's not, you know, you you don't have that consecutive dominance. Look at motocross. I mean, Chad's been dominant, but it's taken him, what, 12 years? Yeah.
2: And then before that, um, you know, between Denton and Chad, there was, you know, someone might win for a year or two or or three, and that would that was about it. I don't think there was any big streaks in the uh
1: in the I don't think any, 2000s, I don't, late nineties. I don't think anybody I've I i do not know if anybody was back to back until other well Dustin was back to back. I'm trying to think who else was back to back um till Chad. I don't think anybody um anybody won more than two.
0: Nobody's won more remember. than uh far has won more than two, but I think he won three. Uh but spread out, you yeah. know. Um Natalie won two, bird won two, um uh Spader won one, hit one one. Um Jeremiah. Yeah, That's Jeremiah. Funny. Didn't he win one or two? I think he had two, I think. I think he had one in the Suzuki and one on a two fifty r, right?
1: uh he he never won one on suzuki thanks 250r i think he won two on 250rs i can't remember now
0: i think he only won one then i mean i don't i don't uh, yeah i'd have to look it up because i don't remember off the top of my head every one but that 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 shows parity in the industry when when you can spread it out over all of those different guys um right after gary denton won eight in a row you know Look at Corey's looking it up. I'm, I'm
1: looking. I just saw it the other day. Um, Jeremiah he won the MX title in 2000, the Grand National Championship in 2001, and another MX title in 2003.
0: Oh, so, I mean, that's still impressive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was taken out of the loop a little early. You never know if he wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have got injured. You may not have known of Chad Weenan being an eight-time champ. Yeah, or even Dustin being
1: two-time champ.
0: We never yeah. know. I, mean, I mean, I love hearing the stories about Jeremiah and, and the knowledge he has and the way he can, you know, just pick things out for writers just watching them. It's, it, I didn't realize how talented he was and how much knowledge he had until just recently.
1: Man, Jer- Jeremiah and I—I I never thought he could have picked anything apart, told anybody really what to do, until he started working at Suzuki, and when I started there at Yosh, he—he um, he really amazed me. He—I didn't understand. He understood the concept of just the track and all the everything going on. Even though how fast he was he just had that Ricky Carmichael kind of ride where he was just wide open bouncing off everything, but he'd win, you know, but (laughs) seeing, seeing that I never thought that he, that he could, you know, like take apart somebody riding. And after working with him at Suzuki, he, he really amazed me in that 07, 08 year, you know, and then after that, even just his track knowledge is just, just on another level from most people. But I would have never thought until, until I saw that out of him. And it really surprised me, you know, just it, it was amazing to see how good he how good he is off the track and what he knows. That's yeah, cool. it's great that he's uh, stayed in the sport, you know, and and given back,
2: um, you know, after he stopped racing. That's that's been really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's still like Shane said something about Shane's him a motor and he rebuilt the motor. I mean, J- Jeremiah's a talented dude. I mean, he he's a heck of a mechanic you know, and heck of a rider coach. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I, I, back in the day when we were racing, I never would have thought of him, but he really has proven, you know, in the last 15 years or so that it was what he can do and what he's capable of.
0: That's freaking incredible. That really is. Uh, I, I, I wish he could have got more time, you know, I really do. Yeah. Because When Eichner was, Eichner was phasing out. Well, it wasn't phasing out, but he was phasing out of the motocross scene. Um, those two came together, one stadium race, and you know, <laughs> Jeremiah was like, hey, just get out of my way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Doug didn't take that very well. <laughs> you could imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. You, you'd have had to been there to get the full scope of it. And the language so I- went back and forth.
1: I, I can picture those two in my head for sure. That's a very clear image.
0: <laughs> so it, it, we we breached we on it a little bit, but what do you guys think of the three-wheeler boom?
2: It's crazy. I mean, it's uh, probably bigger than ever right now. It's uh, I think every three-wheeler ever made that hasn't been crushed is um, either – being dug out of a barn or, uh, polished up as we speak. Um, you know, mostly Hondas, I don't see a lot of <clears throat> Yamahas getting built or, um, um, you know, other oddball brands, but I mean, there's a few, but, uh, you know, it's all the Hondas are out there.
1: Definitely getting, uh, freshened back up In All there, as I know. Go ahead. Say so, yeah, All I know is I can't ride a three-wheeler to save my life. I tried to ride Wayne Henson's 250R out at Glamis. I about killed myself in about 20 seconds, and I got off that thing, and I, I don't ever want on one again. But, <laughs> but, but, but people riding them, I mean, I, I love watching people ride those things because I can't ride one to save my life. So, I mean, I saw some guys racing those things at the works race this year. Um, a guy came out and raced one of the short course series um, a couple weekends ago. Um, it's amazing to watch those people ride those things. I mean, I wish I could, I mean, when I first started racing, they were, they were racing still then, but kind of didn't really pay too much attention to them. Um, cause I, I never rode one. I didn't really kind of care cause I was riding a quad, but I mean, those guys, I would love to go back and see, you know, Jimmy white and, you know, Curtis and all those guys ride those things back in the day. If I could now, I mean, it would be amazing to watch how fast they went on those things.
0: I don't want to jump on a two stroke 250R yard anytime soon, but I sure would love to ride a couple of the versions of the four strokes and and that two stroke, um, 300, uh, just to, just to feel the power, um, from what the feedback I'm getting, the, the four stroke version of the three wheeler is easier to ride and a lot more fun. Yeah.
1: I, 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 uh, follow those, the BBC guys, on Instagram. And I'm amazed at some of those builds they do, man. They just do some clean work. Those are some nice bikes. Like, like I said, I'm not a three-wheeler guy, but I, I really admire the stuff that they're doing. You know, um, that's super cool that they're making those bikes for people who want a more modern bike. I'm, I mean, it's just like, you know, Walsh building hybrids and stuff. It's keeping those things rolling. Um, may not be able to find, you know, go buy one off the showroom floor, but you can go get one built, which is, which is cool. Cause people, people still love those things. People have passion for them. People want to ride them. People want to buy them. So it's awesome to see that passion out there. Yeah. One of the
2: cool things about that BBC company is they'll, they'll sell you the parts too. If you have a a dirt bike sitting there and you want to just build your own three-wheeler, you know, they'll send you the sell you the triple clamps and the swing arm and the, the axle and, or you can source your own axle and spindles and stuff or hubs, but you know, you can, it's, And it's not that much. I think it's maybe 3,500 bucks or something to get the parts, you know, to convert your bike. And then, you know, plus some OEM parts, but pretty cool.
0: That's incredible that it's that cheap, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just basically it's triple clamps and a swing arm and then, you know, then your own axle and, uh, you know, I think front fender or something you have to source out, but it's, uh, you know, if you already have the bike and a quad to get the parts from it's, it's actually pretty, pretty reasonable, a lot, lot cheaper than you think.
0: Yeah, that is, that's a pretty great price. I know that i there's a couple other companies that are building them as well that aren't as well known, uh, but they build some pretty nice machines from what I'm told as well. Uh, I'm trying to fit those guys in to talk to, um, but when you're as busy as they are, it's very difficult to to pin them down to 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 get a conversation. You know, to take an hour of your work day out or your evening now when you're tired from working that many hours, it's 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 tough. I know Corey, you're you're over there <laughs> that your eyes, like like you actually work today.
1: Yeah, two pre- uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I got up at five this morning and I think we did 80 some miles on the trail. It was it's oh yeah, Ken, you're gonna have fun. To, fun it's supposed to rain on thursday and it's super dusty right now so you'll have fun when you get out here
2: yeah yeah that's, I'm, that's what i'm doing doing the rain dance even if it's cold that uh, that'll be nice yeah and be cold that's the other thing too it's supposed yeah. to be cold on thursday oh <laughs> is there any windshields on those things yep there are luckily oh perfect
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you're sitting down so how can it be how can it be that bad
2: <sighs> well you don't work up any heat when you're sitting down it's it's cold You know, on a on a quad, you uh, generate a lot of heat and you you get warm, you know, even even in 30 degree weather. But on a side by side, it's a little chilly.
0: That's that's pretty cool. So let's get into another topic. And we're going to lump these guys all in and we'll talk about all of them. Um, Our champions, you know, our multi time champions you have. uh, We can start with the women. Uh, andrea Berger won her third uh w m x yes. hannah hannah um hannah hart won her um second x c women's championship and Tori mattis won her third um that's pretty stout for the women to be dominant and actually starting to get some coverage i don't know how you guys uh work with the uh checking out the women's classes as much. Um, but I've been trying to uh keep up on them because they uh if you watch some of the videos of some of them gals, they can ride. Man, they can ride.
2: Yeah, they're uh they're incredible talent. Um and in the full gates too at some of them, which is which is really cool to see. Um, you know, I remember back when when uh, Tracy was was racing GNCC um 20 years ago and uh you know it was there was a lot of a lot of riders then and then uh kind of it seemed like it slowed down a little bit but uh definitely has gotten popular again which is really good to see in that class
0: yeah I think yeah I, I, go ahead Corey
1: so yeah I, I gotta go to a uh, few of the GNCCs this year and you know ha- there was a Good battle. I mean, there was beginning of the season, our with through halfway summer break. I mean, it wasn't clear who was even, you know, there was nobody walking away with, with the championship at all. It was close. Um, you know, Kate had, had the points lead for a little bit. Um, Hannah had points lead. I mean, they're kind of going back and forth. Um, you know, there's a couple of people that snuck in there and got wins, you know, here and there that were right there in the points as well. Um, and even down to the wire, I mean, I believe Kate was, was leading the points for the last round. And I think she was, I think she was leading, um, and then broke down like a lap or something to go or two laps to go, you know, so Kate almost had that championship from Hannah, Hannah this year. Um, but Hannah, Hannah persevered, you know, just, uh, got that last win and, and beat Kate that last round to take that win. And that, for the, for the, um, GNCC, um, you know, so that, that was a close one for sure. Um, from what I heard on the motocross side, they were battling back and forth there all season as well. You know, the two girls, um, going back and forth and, and tell the, tell the race, I think the last race or maybe the second, to last race. So all season long, they were battling as well.
0: Yeah. I think Andrea clinched with one to go. Yeah. You know, but it
1: was, yeah. I think they were for the first three or four rounds. I think it was, the points were swapping back and forth for the leader. You yeah. Know, so yeah, so they had they had a battle on their hands as well, you know.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to 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 link up with them and talk about it, um, and and get some feedback from them. I recently just got to talk to Hannah, and I seen a video of her ride right after I got to talk to her, and I wish I would have seen the video beforehand so I could ask her more about it. She rides very aggressively. Un uncharacteristic to what you see in, in most women. And if Kate rides like that as well, man, the boys better just move out of the way. Cause they're coming.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think there's, I think there's about three or four, maybe five way battle at most of those GNCC races between those top girls. I mean, they, they go at it. And I mean, I was, I went to one of them in Ohio this year and they were just, they were battling. It, it was, it was amazing to watch how hard those girls go and, you know, just how close they're racing and how aggressive they are. I mean, they really, they're, they're really getting it, they're all out there and, you know, they're, I think, uh, I think they're getting on the overall podiums once in a while out there right now with the four by four pro guys. It's not, not very often, but I think it's happening once in a while too. So they're, they're going fast.
0: That is, that's pretty incredible. I actually, um, have to apologize to the four by four crowd. I haven't been able to, um, follow up with that as much as I, as I can, um, I'm doing my best, but I apologize. So I'll just tell you guys right now, I'm sorry, but I will make it up to you at some point. Um, let's, let's get into our, our pros, um, in works cross country and motocross. You got eight time Chad Weenan, you had seven time Walker Fowler and nine time Bo Barron. I mean, uh, Bo is the the grandfather of the crowd at 41 years old. Um, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing to be going that fast at that age.
1: Yeah. Bo, Bo amazes me. I, um, I went, I went to almost all the works races this year and watching Bo ride. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, G and guys, a couple of them came out, um, raced first round and raced the last round. And, you know, it's totally different, totally different discipline for sure. But I mean, those guys are fast too. And they're endurance guys, you know, and they, and they, they get done to like, they, you know, they're, they're almost shocked. It's like, man, the guy's, you know, 40 years old. and He's out here just walks away from everybody, just dominates. Bo just, Bo is so smooth and so precise on the track. It's it's amazing. And he's just on the gas fast. You, you know, him and Chad to me are very similar when they ride. They're just, it almost sounds like they're another gear higher, just lugging the bike and it's not going fast. And they don't look like they're going fast, but you know they're going fast. I mean, how it just doesn't sound like it. It does look like the effort's not there, you know. Um so yeah, Bo's Bo's amazing. I I can't. I can't believe he can do what he does. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a little bit older than him, but I mean, I can't imagine being his age and going going that fast out there in the desert and on those works tracks as, as long as he does. I mean, definitely tip my hat to the guy. I mean, he has it. He's he's just putting it all out there and going for it.
0: He's yeah. he, yeah, really looking uh, to go ahead. Go ahead, Kane. Sorry. He's,
1: uh the crazy
2: thing is he, he's been the exact same riding style for those ten years. I mean smooth when he first started on quads and then still smooth today. Um, It's a bummer. I mean, it it seems like the competition might be a little light in the works series. I know Logan was hurt. Um, You know, there's just, you know, there's only a small handful of guys that, that even fight for that podium. Um, It would just, it would be really great if we could get a few more pros in there to mix it up with those guys. It's, Unfortunately, is a little light, but the there's a plen- plenty of A guys up there that can, can move up in the next couple of years and hopefully give Bo okay. and um, the rest of the guys a little more competition.
0: I think that next year and in, in the works, just because it's a series that I spend a lot of time at. You know, you have Jacob C- Stevens that's came and fr- come from the East Coast that's going to race. Um, he ran in the top in the top four a couple of times this year um he had some problems in his debut at Glen Helen but you know it's to be expected when you come from motocross to off road you're just not ready for it um Travis Damon who raced a 2 hour motorcycle race and then came back and raced his quad and podiumed you know he got second in in prim um
2: Yeah. I would like to see Travis, uh, you know, go back to quads full time. That would be, I mean, I know he got his early, early start on quads. It'd be cool to see him, you know, put a little more effort just into the quad racing.
0: Um, I don't know if that's going to happen 2022, but it could happen in, 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 in later on, uh, depending on how the sponsors go and, and how, uh, things go. I, I, I very, blessed to get a chance to work with him and spend time with him and and help him with his machines and his development and and uh, you know this is this is pretty amazing bo Barron has mentoring him also as far as making sure that when i'm not around or when somebody's not around he's getting some good advice and um i know that bo when i'm not there working on the bike bo will help him and that's pretty awesome. That that, that tells you what a, a true champion Bo really is when he goes over and helps the competition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I just look, I was just looking it up. So out of 10 races, Bo won eight races. Um, one of them he got fourth, which I know he ha- he was leading and had a mechanical issue. And the other one uh, was Glenn Helen. And that was when Hetrick came and it was a shortened race. And Hetrick beat him, um, but Bo was catching him. So you never know if it would have been a full, a full time race if Bo would have caught him and passed him or not. I know Joel was—I was there. Joel was hauling the mail, but when he got off the track, man, he was—he was wiped. You know that was just way longer than he's used to riding. You know, and Bo was just starting to get his pace going. So that'd have been a little longer. Bo could have pulled that off. Um, looks like Sloan ended up second in points. He got a few seconds, but he had some mechanical issues all year long you know and like i said travis travis had a lot of improvement this year and you know um from last year he's kind of finding his feet and his feet you know and i think he finished off the series with uh, two seconds the last couple or last two rounds yep so i mean travis is definitely getting stronger as the year is going on and then um
0: he he could have done it he could have done better in glen helen but he had a massive setup mistake you know uh,
1: yeah, you know, and then then uh Kenny Stanford got fourth. You know he he's um, showed some speed here and there. Uh, Logan, like like Kane said, Logan, you know Logan had a mechanical at the first at the first round. He, he ended up fifth. Bike was missing the whole time, but he just kept putting in laps and rode it out and rode it to a fifth. Just how how um you know Havasu is with bikes breaking and whatnot. Um, so he ended up getting a fifth. But other than that, he would, he got a couple thirds, a second a fourth. And then he got hurt after that. So, I mean, Logan was showing some good speed as well.
0: Logan was second in points when he got hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, Logan is having a really great year. Um, unfortunately, you know, he, he uh, hurt his shoulder and had a surgery. So he's probably going to miss, I think a couple of rounds going into the season, but you know, Logan, Logan's a smart kid. You know, he's, he won't come back until he's ready to come back because he wants to be out there and not come back too early and get hurt again. So. I mean, when he comes back. I think he's going to be pretty strong right when he comes back.
0: Exactly. I, I like Logan. I think Logan is somebody that we're going to watch in the future. It's Kenny. Same with Kenny Sanford. Yeah. yeah that kid. You know, we're we're also Jacob Stevens, Kenny Sanford, uh, Logan Huff. It, you know, there is. You can't take anything away from Mike Sloan if he gets a, if he gets a platform underneath him he's going to be held, held to pay too. I mean, there's just, he's just fast.
1: Yeah. Jacob, Jacob looked really good. I was watching him at, uh, at Glenn Helen in the last few rounds and he looked really strong. He, you know, I think his biggest thing is he's just not used to going that long at, at some of those races and is getting a little tired, but that'll come quick. You know, I mean, he's, he's racing works and, you know, um, So I I think, I think he'll, he'll ride into that, you know, next year for sure, you know, starting off the full season might be, might take him a race or two, but I mean, I would look for him on the podium, you know, as a contender by the time, you know, we hit the stride halfway through the season
0: next year. I think so too. I really do. So let's go XC Walker Fowler, number seven. I mean, yeah.
1: Walker, Walker, you know, seventh, seventh championship in a row. Um. Pulled off a few wins there this year, and you know, um, a few, a few, yeah, got a few. <laughs> he got uh, more than a few, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up his thing, take a look, and see how he did here.
0: Let's see
1: Yeah. So. Looking that up. Yeah. So, so I mean, um, uh, Feehan, not physically, yeah, no. Um, Bryson Neal, that's who it is. Bryson, Bryson, Bryson was very strong this year. And other, other than that part car getting in his way, he was looking like he was going to give Walker run for the championship. You know, all the way down the road. You know, um, you know, th- those two were were pretty were somewhat close to points. You know, um, Bryson had you know three wins on the year. But he also had a couple uh couple issues and got a couple elevens, So before he got hurt. But um he was going good. Uh Hunter Hart was another one out there. No, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter pulled off a win. So that was good. You know, he uh also had some podium finishes as well, quite a
0: few. I think for such a young kid, so. Hunter is the guy to to, to look out for. Um, and, and, and Walker's taking him under his wing and helping, you know, give him some tutelage on how to uh, develop his race program.
1: Yeah. Well, that, part of that, too, I think is um, walk, uh, Walker's mechanic, Mark Notman, um, has been a mechanic, I think, for seven years now. I think for every championship he won, Walker's, or he's been a Walker's mechanic, he's, he's actually uh, prepping um, Hunter's bike now. So I think that's, that's probably a big change you see in Hunter's program for sure. You know, Hunter's, Hunter's relatively new in the, in the pro class. So like you said, he's, he's getting better every year. He's getting faster. He's getting stronger. So yeah, definitely he's going to be a contender, you know, going into next season, I think right out of the gate.
0: Have you heard anything, um, about Bryson and, and his development in his recovery? I
1: haven't heard anything. Um, I know he went, and got his knee fixed, but I haven't heard much, much after that. So, you know, he's definitely, he has the speed, but far as how he's going to start the season out, that's, that's going to be the question, you know, how much, how much riding is he going to gonna to do? Um, how is he going to recover from that? You know, having that crash basically, and then the surgery, you know, I mean, he could come out and be ready to go or, or he might struggle a little bit. I don't, I don't know him well enough to say either way here or there, but. Definitely the first round, or at least first two or three rounds, you know, and see where everybody kind of lands and what happens. And, you know, the other person you can't, you know, can't forget to also mention that was out there was um, uh, Devin Feehan. Devin Feehan had three podiums in the last four rounds. You know, he quite, I mean, quietly, but not quietly, stepped up his game this year too. You know, I mean, he almost pulled off that, pulled off the win at the last round. It was pretty close. You know, Colton had taken, taken the win. Um, and then uh, who was, the other one that was out there? McClure's always, McClure's always strong as well. McClure.
0: McClure almost, still, won his base.
1: Borch. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Borge Borch coming out on a Yamaha at the last round. You know, I know uh, Walker crashed out of the last round, basically, but. Borch came out and, um, what do you, he end up fourth at the last round? That was his best finish of the season on the Yamaha.
0: And it's a cross country Yamaha built and developed for cross country. Unlike the Yamahas he rode the first time he tried it. So.
1: Well, that, they, that bike he rode is actually the same bike. He, he was his, his bike from the year he rode Yamaha's, but they go ahead. I'll say he sold it and then bought it back
0: yeah didn't they they changed the setup yeah i was told
1: yeah i believe he did change it a little bit but i mean that year he rode the Omahas. i don't think he he never had a setup he changed every single race they were changed something they never i don't think they ever settled on anything right so it's it's hard to say that he changed i mean he did change something for for that final round but it wasn't like it's a setup he ran before and that year he raced those things he didn't have a setup he was like him on that Honda last year. I mean, they're cha- changing stuff constantly.
2: Yeah, it's in, it's interesting seeing all the Yamaha's out there, the the blue and white arrows just dancing through the trees. It's it's you know definitely miss the Suzuki's and you know I think uh, McGill's still on a Honda, isn't he? But the other thing to note about GNCC is the record turnout. I mean, it was I think they had over a thousand riders at Ironman. I mean, just been incredible how, how many people are turned out.
1: Yeah. And the, the you ride. know, and the thing too, Kane, like those, those rider turnouts, those are, those aren't people riding two classes. Those are individual riders. When GNCC says a thousand riders, that's a thousand riders, thousand ATV people are there racing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, like a ATV MX, you know, they might have 600, 600 entries, but there's, Half the people or three quarters of people are running two or three classes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so those GNCC numbers are huge numbers. I mean, huge numbers. So yeah. That, that, that's cool to see that for sure.
2: Definitely. You know, and the, the sport four
1: by four classes are just as big as the uh, sport classes. Yeah. And the, the good thing about the GNCC this year too, was it's awesome to see is the youth, the youth racers, Turnout is is way bigger than it's ever been. It's their biggest youth turnout they've ever had. So that's awesome. Looking, you know, for the future, five, six, ten years down the road, that the youth kids you're pulling from such a bigger class now. You know, to build all those classes going in the future. Yep. Yeah,
2: I remember uh, when I first started covering GNCC. uh, Walker Fowler was racing the
1: youth class and uh, dominating. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Tracy Pickens, um, boy. JP, he's, he's out there, he's running, he's running a, a youth ATV, a youth motorcycle, a Stasic race. I mean, you wow. know, he's, he's out there, you know, putting in everything, you know, you see people like that, that are passionate about it. It's awesome. You know, cause you know, those, those kids are out there that are having fun doing the ATVs or the bikes or whatever, even Walker raced a bike for a little bit and they transitioned back to the quad. You know, those are potential, uh, quad racers in the future.
2: Yeah, that, that part of the sport
1: is strong for sure.
0: What do you think the draw is to cross country racing? Uh,
1: there, you know, I think it starts grassroots. Their grassroots racing is really strong. Um, you know, you go back east. There's, there's, like I talked to Gallagher all the time. He's like, yeah, I, I could go to three different races this weekend. It's not a GNCC race. It depends on which way I want to drive. You know, and they're getting record turnouts. Yeah. So I think it's I think I think it starts in, in the grassroots stuff, but I think part of part of the thing that is nice about cross country, which I kind of found out this year with me racing works was like when I go to works, I don't I don't practice. I just show up on the day of the race and race. You know, the cross country guys, there's no they prep their bikes, they show up and they race their bikes and they go home. You know, it's 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 an easy, it's an easy race for them to do. They can load it in the back of their truck, they can show up there, race, have fun, go home that night. You know, I mean, yeah, there is a lot of campers and people camping out and doing things, but it's, it's a little bit low, more low maintenance. You're not having to wash the bike, prep it like the moto guys are doing, you know? Um, So I think that, I think the ease of the racing is also a draw as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just like riding. It's, it's like going on a fast ride with your friends. You're not prepping, uh, you're not training as much as you would for, you know, the pro guys do, but as much as you would for a motocross race. You don't have to have a motocross track to practice on. You can just go ride in the woods or, you know, not ride at all and, and still go out and have a blast.
1: Yeah. Well, that, you know, back east, I always hear about, you know, the guys are talking like, oh, we're going to go over to Walker's house. Or we're going to go over to so-and-so's house and ride or so-and-so's house and ride. I mean, all these people, a lot of these guys have property. You know, they go over to their buddy's house down the street or 20 minutes away that has 20 acres or 30 acres and they go ride, you know. So, I mean, it's, you're not trying to find a motor cross track is open to practice on. So it's easier for them if they want to go ride on off weekend or go race on off weekend, there's more stuff available for them to go do and then go to a GNCC race when it comes close to them.
0: That's, that's, that's an awesome thing for our, for our sport because it is going to make it grow and be larger. It's just, I don't want to go play in the mud.
1: But like Lenny, when you were growing up, where, where did you guys go to ride? I mean, you, you could probably ride right around El Cajon in the Hills.
0: We had a, you know, we were little, we rode in the front yard. Yeah. I mean,
1: imagine doing that now in Oklahoma. You got to string you up. You got to drive two hours or three hours to go out and ride now. Just about, you know, if you want to go ride desert.
0: Hour and a half. Yep. Yeah.
1: You know, so that, that changes that, you know, that aspect of the racing a lot. I believe, you know, it's start it starts at grassroots, you know, that's where it all starts.
0: Yeah. If you can go. Down the street and ride. Um, you know, I take that back. There's two places you can go ride within 45 minutes uh of here, but um yeah, it's still jam-packed with people because it's limited on size. And if you go there on a weekend, you know, you there you could be there with another hundred or 150 people and and that's hard to put motos in or hard to pound out your 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 session when you have to worry about other people running different directions. So it makes it a little rough, you know, but let's get into eight time. Chad Weenan pretty impressive that 37 year old guy changing his, changing his diet um, made minor adjustments in his package and comes out that strong um he wins daytona and then uh joel went on a tear and chad just was steady and smooth and confident and fought his way back
2: yeah i think joel's uh his worst own worst enemy if if he doesn't you know if he doesn't make a mistake he'll usually take chad but uh joel still makes a couple mistakes during the year and let's Chad win more races and Chad's always cool. And, um, the weaning the vegan, he is, uh, definitely, it's definitely helped him out. Um, keeping him strong. And that <laughs> is uh old age.
0: <laughs> hey, Corey, you're not old yet. So you, you do not realize you got to change your diet.
1: I had a laugh at the weaning the vegan. That was, that, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet well hey no for him yeah when when i first saw joel get on the yamaha um last fall when i first saw the first video of him i was just like chad's in trouble like chad is in trouble joel is rolling on that thing like joel me to me the first video i saw of joel riding that thing he he looked he looked comfortable on it he looked faster than on his honda um unfortunately what happened to him at that first round in, in you know in in florida at, at daytona you know and then he went on a three win three winning three round winning streak after that and i was like man you know and by then i think he had the points lead again already i was like it's i was like he he's got it you know it's just gonna roll through the season no problem but chad chad stepped up his game i mean Chad's made his bike better every year, his program better every year, and you think he can't, he can't go any faster, he can't get any better, but he finds a way. I mean, the guy's awesome. He just digs deep, finds a way, starts clicking off wins, and, and you know, and straight up beating Joel at rounds. I mean, passing them, beating him, you know, and just, just took the points lead and got, and then got a big points lead. You know, I mean, Joel had that crash at Unadilla, which helped Chad helped Chad quite a bit, but. I kind of felt like you know after Joel, you know, Chad won that. Chad won. I think it was round number five, and then Joel came back and won the next round. You know, and then and then Chad won Unadilla, and then it kind of when when uh, Chad kind of had his number at that point. I mean, Chad's Joel's usually stronger at Unadilla than Chad, but Chad was Chad had more speed there that weekend, and then with Joel going down. And just gave Chad that buff, that buffer, and he went in the next round and and just dominated again. You know, and I think after that, Chad knew he had it wrapped up. As long as he wasn't, as long as he's doing anything foolish. And he wasn't going to go out there and, I mean, I think he wanted to go out and win, but he wasn't going to put himself on the ground for a win. You know, or do anything dumb or give himself that give, give himself in a spot he shouldn't be in. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video that one start where he got spun around. I mean, that was so lucky he didn't go down that thing could have went sideways so quick i mean he just luckily spun around got back rolling again and just worked his way through the pack i mean
0: mm-hmm. he, yeah, and he ended up second that moto
1: yeah i mean he was he was super strong i mean the f- first of the year i think he was joel kind of had his number but chad came back stronger you know but the other thing is you know i i think chad had his second his second kid i th- think right at the beginning of the season so he was maybe trying to do some family stuff more uh kind of focus on that and not maybe worrying too much about about the first round because i think they had about a month between round one and round two so i think he went out there pretty strong but after after the first round i think he went back and started doing his homework and it took him a couple of rounds but i think he got his got his program even better than it already was you know and came back strong you know and yeah. finished the season strong
2: definitely exciting to watch those two. Um, you know, again, unfortunately it's just those two, you know, maybe we could give them both stock motors and then make, uh, you know, let, let those other three guys, three guys that are off the podium, um, take turns. Well,
1: They they should ride their, uh, stock, their stock pro bikes in in the pro class. Let's see how that goes. I think so. (laughs) That would be great.
0: I, I just think they need to start them half a lap behind everybody else.
2: Yeah, there you go. You know, but uh, give them a
1: hundred dollars for every guy they pass. <laughs> oh man! <You> know, <laughs> but uh, but like Bryce, Bryce Ford, you know, stepped up in again this year, and Max Lindquist, Man, I mean, Max just, you know, he had a third. I think the third round, or no, no, sorry, no, Max, Max had a bunch of force. I think he had one mechanical or an issue like round number four or five, somewhere in there, but Max like started first three rounds. He was fourth, you know, and then he goes, he goes into, what was, um, shoot, what was it Uh red bud and the and gets on the podium, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Max came on strong. I think everybody who thought he was going to do, you know, kind of thought he was gonna do good, but he really proved himself he, for a, for a first year rookie pro, I mean, Max did really good. It's it's really unfortunate. He got hurt at the last round. Um, So I'll have to see how he comes back from that for next year. But Max, I think everybody kind of knew it, but wasn't real sure. But after the first year rounds, I mean, they're like, Max is the real deal. He's just, just, he was missing podiums, just barely missing podiums, you know, and finally put it to pull together there and get, or at uh, Redbud for his first one, you know, so he had a great year. Bryce Ford was right there running with him all year long, you know, battling back and forth. Um so those two were doing really good. Jeffrey came back this year pretty strong. I think Jeffrey ended up I think fourth overall in points this year. And I think Max would have been third, I think, second or third, um if it wasn't for that last that crash in the last round. Yeah, that competition
2: you know in in uh from third on back is is really cool. Really good this year
1: yeah and and you know and the other one too is wesley wolf wesley wolf had a great season going until he got hurt at Aretas. you know he had a few podiums too he had he had some issues and got some ninths and tents but you know beginning of the season he started out with the third had a couple issues and then he was fourth third again you know fourth a little later in the season so wesley was right up there you know running with the, right up, running with uh bryce as well and max you know those three were seem like they were battling quite a bit
0: and he he races woods too. So, you know, he spends time in the XE.
1: Yeah. I think he, I think I heard he changed his program this year and really was focused in on the moto side stuff and not so much in the XE. Um, but he was still running really good in the XE races till he got hurt too. He was, he was up there, you know, running fists and stuff as well on the XE side, but he really, he really stepped up his moto game this year and came out swinging in that and, and was showing it too
0: if you look at some of the lap times I was talking to, I forget who I was talking to, but they were, I think it was Joel. And he said that the distance between third place and fourth place and fifth place, the gap is getting closer and closer to Chad and Joel uh, throughout the season. So they're expecting both Chad and Joel are expecting those guys to, to close the gap a little.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's if I mean, the Chad and Joel battle is awesome to watch, but I mean, if they could get a couple more people up there, and I mean, I don't want to see those guys slow down, but if everybody else, you know, is, like you said, it's picking up speed through the season, they can carry that through to next year and come out strong and, and build on that. And maybe by the middle of next year, we got, you know, four way battles, five way battles for the lead. That would be awesome. That's, I think that's what's really going to, you know, as good as Joel and Chad are and everybody likes watching them, it's also, you know if if someone max or anybody could pull off a pull off a win you know a straight up win that would be awesome you know i mean i know when uh when thomas would get in there and win a race you know it was always like all right thomas got in there and got one you know but thomas was the third place guy it kind of seemed like and i mean I, I was always pulling for thomas there for you know when i when i kind of quit racing i always wanted to see thomas win because he was kind of the kid coming up and he always had the speed, just never could quite get there and sustain it, you know, with, with Chad and Chad and Joel. So, I mean, if some of these other guys can get up there and battle with them, that's going to be
0: awesome. I agree. I think that, uh, I think that 2022 has some really good things coming, um, you know, depending on which coast you are, uh, talking about and which series, I think that there are potential riders that can come and surprise us. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Max and Bryce and Ristrelli all um, come with a new game. Uh, I know Ristrelli's working on a new program. Uh, Max is still working with Chad, um, and Bryce has the same package coming back. So those three guys are going to be super strong. And in the XC, Hunter Hart and Bryson, and those guys, those two guys are, I think, going to give Walker a handful. Um, in the work series, you you can't count Mike out. It, you know, he's super fast. If he gets focused and on roll, he could run with Bo. Uh Travis Damon, if we can get him focused on just riding the quad a little bit more and uh, you know, work on Hey, he's learning how first full season as a as a pro quad racer.
1: I I just uh, Travis makes me laugh. He he's an awesome guy. He's super funny, great guy. I just I I can't believe that last works round, man. Like I got to give that guy props like rode that dirt bike and then got on that quad and rode it on that track. I don't know how he did it, but man, that was, that was so impressive. Like I couldn't believe he did it. He didn't, I after the race. He's like, man, I, I'm glad I have to go to a lap or two. Cause cause Hunter was coming, Josh Merritt was coming, you know, I mean that, that was, that was shaping up. If they would have one more lap, it was shaping up to be a heck of a battle for that, for that second spot. That's for sure. But, but you know, Travis, I mean, That was amazing, amazing ride for him to race that bike and then get on a race that quad at that works race. I mean, he showed some awesome speed and some very good endurance and a lot of heart. That's for sure.
0: Well, he told me that, um, he had to slow down because he was trying to stay with Bo and he goes, Hey, I got lap two. I think it was lap three. I started to realize, Oh, what am I doing? I can't ride this pace. You know, he started to get tired and he goes, I don't even know how much time's left, but I'm already tired. And, and, you know, I, I have to maintain. So he backed her down and, and just tried to put in the laps and uh, Sloan caught him at some point And he just goes, he did inside, he just says, I have nothing for you, <laughs> you know, go on by, yeah. I'll, I'll just be right here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot about that. Salone was in second place to what a lap or two to go. And then two, just two to go to, yeah, I mean, I, I never, I never heard what happened, but I assume it, yeah, um, it was mechanical. Yeah. So I mean, at least he didn't, he didn't go down, but yeah, they got to I think, I think they need to, uh, if they do a double header again, like that, they need to run the quads earlier and run the bikes at the end for the pros because the bikes, the bikes can go over the holes way easier in the quads just the tracks completely ruined by the end of the day for the quads. It's not that it's much better in the middle of the day, but.
0: Well, the two-wheeler guys whine too much. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they, they do. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk to the promoters and the, and the, the big thing is is the, the promoters are having to listen to the pro bike guys whine because the ATV guys are there or this or that. And the quad guys are just like, you want us to race at four o'clock? Okay, great. We're up. We'll be there. You know, yeah.
1: To be like a GNCC. that there's a reason why they run the quads for the bikes,
0: right? You exactly. Know? I agree. I completely agree. Kane, if you have to uh, give us some insight to what you think 2022 is going to be like, what uh, what you got for us?
2: Well, I think um, I think it'll be more of the same, um, and. Unfortunately, it seems like we're getting more like more of these Asian Chinese companies filtering in. I don't know if they can import better than than some other people, but I'm seeing the dealerships with a lot more of these um off-brand ATVs and things out there. Um so you're going to see more of those, but you know, if it gets it gets people something to buy and something out there riding you know while while there's shortages you know so be it um but i really hope yamaha steps up production and and gets gets dealerships full of raptors and yfz 450s and little raptor 90s and um get those gets those out there to the tracks and dunes and and then uh you know all the all the four by fours are they're still selling like crazy so let's just Let's keep all those going, the the big, big brands. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I think we're just, we're going to see more people out riding and enjoying, enjoying being outside. You know, they've been cooped up and they're realizing ATVs are the way to do it.
0: I agree. Um, I heard a rumor and maybe you'll be able to talk to somebody at Yamaha that they're thinking about bringing the Raptor 250 back. (laughs) I heard. This is what I heard. I don't know if there's truth.
2: Yeah, I I wish. And I've asked them that probably 10 times and, and they just tell us they can't talk about it, (laughs) but, but those things are worth more than they were new now. And uh, I, I still own one. I owned three of them about a year ago and sold two, but that's a great, a great ATV. And if they brought it back, I, I'm sure it would sell.
0: Bought a new truck and paid off the house, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Corey, what's your take on 2022?
1: It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, with part shortages and fuel prices going up, it's it's going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, fuel just keeps getting more expensive, more expensive. Uh, we were at a gas station yesterday and it was $7 a gallon. So... I'm it's kind of I think that's going to be the I remember back in I think it was 2008-9 somewhere in there fuel prices went up and that really you know put a put a hurting on people a little bit trying to get out and ride so I hope that doesn't happen again um but parts parts are a, a big deal I know right now um I've been trying to get a few parts for some things and I I am back order waiting 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 for parts you know that should be basic parts to put on a quad or a side-by-side you know that's shouldn't be something you should be able to get you know i was just i was just at dinner with a friend that was working on a um on a suv and he couldn't even get you can't find tie rods for it. just simple replacement tie rods for a ford explorer can't find them i mean so the parts deal whether i think you're in the atv side-by-side market or anything in general right now, the, the, you know, prices going up on everything with shipping costs and labor rates and everything, um, need to be a downer, but I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I hope it doesn't affect anything, but at some point it's going to have to, and I hope it's, hope it, hope it doesn't get too bad.
0: I think that you're right in a lot of ways, but the desire for people to be outside with their, off-road vehicles is, is changed so much in the last two years. I think that the off-roading industry will, uh, grow. Um, it may damage the racing series a little bit, um, because that's not a necessity, but going riding with your friends is. Yeah. So the recreational side's probably not going to suffer quite as bad. You may not see uh weekend trips. You may see day trips. Um, but at least, at least people will still be riding. Um, some of the parts problems that we have, we're having to adapt and change the way that we order, uh, change the way that where we find our, our parts, um, where you, where you're changing your resources, uh, constantly. I know that's what, uh, uh, Duncan racing has to do is, is, you well, know, you, you're grabbing a part here. You're, you're finding one in there. Um, your, your, your search mode, um, changes, uh, the dealerships that you buy parts from help you because they can't get it. And they know somebody that has it so that you just reach out to the other dealership and buy them from them. You may not get the price. You may not get a good price yeah but hey, you have to pass it on to the customer, and it's just sorry and this you, we have to have this part to fix your bike, and this is what it costs. yeah,
1: no, I, I've had a deal with that buying stuff from random dealers to put stuff back together and keep rolling. That's for sure. So
0: Kane, uh, as far as from the media side point side, um, anything spec- anything new or anything that we can talk about that's coming from your world, the things that you see and in, in that side of it?
2: Uh, you know, there's, there's always more video and, and more, uh, social things coming, you know, the, the podcast, uh, world is growing as you know, and it's very interesting. Definitely gives a new platform for people to, to listen in and learn things. And, you know, we're always exploring that, that possibility too. Um, but ours will probably be more video related in the future, more video tests and things like that. Um, The print is still alive and it's still, we still do 12 issues a a month. And, um, but the attention spans are smaller. So the articles are smaller. They're a little more to the point. Um, but we can also do that with video and, and get that in front of people's, uh, eyeballs, you know, in a different manner.
0: Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for closing out 2021 with me. Um, ATV Talk really appreciates your time. Thank you gentlemen, very much.
2: All right. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. We will talk soon.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center, with over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs, and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org, or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International.